Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. Before we get started, I just want to say a little happy birthday. Uh, One of my internet friends reached out to me, Ian, and he told me that he and his girlfriend, Whitney, they listen to Feathers in My Hair together, which I, I don't know, just the thought of like being any, not just a person, but like a part of a couple's routine is just so crazy and mind-blowing to me but it's Whitney's 30th birthday so happy birthday Whitney thank you for listening I hope you have a great 30th birthday and your boyfriend loves you very much so yeah my first ever shout out very exciting and with that I want to introduce that today is a very special episode because I have on a fellow emotionally broken psycho uh, family member You guys all know her from not only the Facebook group, but from her wonderful podcast on the Kardashians called Realizing Stuff. Let's welcome Cara Berry. Liz, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, Cara bullied me into letting her come on the podcast. 100%. (laughs) I have no, no shame in my game about that. I feel nothing, and I feel very proud of myself. So thank you. Good to be here. I'm very, very, very happy that you came on. And, you know, you're here for the season finale, which was, it was good. I feel like, I feel like Teen Mom season finales are never that exciting because just crazy shit happens throughout the season and they're never going to end on, like, the really dark shit, which is what I love. And, like, the happy ending wrap-ups, I'm like, okay, cool. Like... (laughs) (laughs) You're totally right. Uh, I'm just thrilled that Chelsea had her hair down for most of the episode. I know. It was crazy. We need to give props to Leah. This is the first season where Leah's put more of an effort into her look than Chelsea. That's true. This is the world that we're living in. Wow. What a weird timeline to be in. (laughs) The darkest timeline. Uh I never thought about that, but you're right. But, you know, my theory is, is that Leah is only making herself look good because she realizes that nobody, like, questions if she's doing drugs, if she has hair extensions in and puts on makeup. Everyone's like, Leah's better. I'm, she's doing great. I'm so proud of her. She gets me every time with that. You're 100% correct. Like, Leah's, like, nodding out while driving and everyone's like, she looks great. She curled her hair somewhat at <laughs> the world at her fingertips. Exactly. Oh, God, what a blessing. <laughs> what, a bl- what a blessing. So, hmm, who should we start with? I think we should start with Brianna. Because Brianna had oh my God. A, a, good, a good finale, if you will. Because it was just as trashy as I like it to be. It was 
everything. Nova cried. Roxanne went crazy. Roxanne's a everything lunatic. For. <laughs> so unstable. It's like I've heard some bad mom stories, but like I don't know how Brianna can take living with that. No, and how then, does she do it? I, and Brianna, like I don't know. I don't know. I. I I feel so conflicted on them because on one hand I do think it's like pretty nice that they're all so close and Nova has all these women that love her because I mean we can I can only imagine what Nova and Brianna would be like if Brianna was on her own doing this on her own like would Nova have made it I'm not sure but it's just so it's so codependent and they all like feed into each other and I just feel like they sit in that living room and like not even sit they're in that living room like pacing around the living room like hyping each other up kind of like me and my college roommates or like my friends in college when we would get drunk and like I don't know key someone's car because he cheated because we were drunk and like toxic friends and so we would like totally. hype each other up into like like literally oh this is awful like I this is awful to admit but I keyed somebody's car once because he I mean looking back I can't even use the phrase cheated because we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend <laughs> but of course he fucked me over my friend and I got super drunk super high and we just like I remember we were like pacing around my dorm room like hyping each other into it. Like, let's do this. Let's do this. And that's so unhealthy. But I was 19 years old. And I mean, an active alcoholic at this point in my life. So, (sighs) but that's really what I see when I watch Nova, Brianna, and Roxanne. Not Nova, excuse me. (laughs) Poor Nova. I don't want to drag her into this. Not yet, at least. She's got five to eight more years of innocence here. (laughs) But that's really what I see. Five to eight more minutes. Yeah, when it's Brianna, Brittany and Roxanne, like, I always am expecting one of them to be like, nah, it's not that bad. And they're like, nah, let's fucking kill him. He's a douchebag. Yeah. It's like when the highs are high and the lows, they're very low. It's like, yeah, they need to stop being so dependent on each other for, like, how hype they're going to be at any given moment. Because it's like a roller coaster. Yeah. It's never good when there's not anybody to bring the level down right it's just they're so toxic so in this episode it's nova's first day of school and she looks so cute in her little school uniform they put the big ass like bow thing in her hair (laughs) like she's in she's in her first day's finest and she's so cute when they drop off at school she's like shy and she's crying and it looks so pathetic and sad but like in the cutest way (laughs) that poor nova is so sensitive she really is gonna do right by having britney around her she needs to toughen up she does. I'm surprised she's so sensitive. I will actually no, I'm not because she's had, I guess you'd come out that way when you've spent the first six years of your life, like the only object of affection for at least three women. Plus there's, they have their TT and you know, like there's a whole network of women that are just totally. like hyper-focused on Nova. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a wonder that she's not more sensitive to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cute. Brianna cries. And I noticed, oh my, they did one shot of Nova kind of like at an angle. 
And Nova, like, looked over, and she has Devon's entire face. Oh, my God. It's, like, insane. Like a carbon copy. It's crazy. I I wonder if, like, when I have kids, that's kind of my biggest concern. Like, how do you not look at them and be like, oh, my God, you're me? How does that not freak people out, like, all the time? I don't know. I, my... And my mom used to call me her clone child, which I think like fucked me up. (laughs) (laughs) And it's actually my dad. Like, it's so weird because I'm one of those people. Well, my parents look alike. They don't look alike, but they both have like big noses and like dark features. And so I, I look like both of them. And even my dad and I, when I was at home over the hurricane, we went somewhere and he was like, why don't you go in ahead of me and see if anybody guesses you're my daughter? Because I just look so much like them. And I, I think it does fuck them up because they're like, oh, she's like our carbon copy and she's just as fucked up as we are. <laughs> well, God bless. I love family. Yeah. God bless Dave and Yvonne Bentley, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so... Devon doesn't show up to drop Nova off at school, which, like, I would be, I would be shocked if he, I don't, I was going to say I would be shocked if they even let him know that it was her first day of school, but I guess we find out he does know because he shows up for pickup. Right. But I have a feeling, much like, I think, last week, where I'm sure Brianna told him at the very last moment. Yeah how much money that he needed to pay for her school. I, she probably told him like the night before. He probably had no idea. And totally. was like, couldn't get off of work or whatever. I think Brianna and Devon are in such a dysfunctional cycle right now where Brianna kind of gets off on Devon failing and Devon gets off on thinking Brianna's like this controlling bitch so neither totally. one will like read. They're both very stubborn. They're both very stubborn and they're both very immature. And so I think neither one will reach out to the other. So Devon's like, no, fuck her. Why should I reach out to her? She won't even let me like bring my kid to my mom's house. So why should I ask her anything? And Brianna's yep. like, no, fuck him. Like he, and he doesn't show up, which you know what? Like, yeah, I mean, Devon's showing up because MTV is there. Let's all be real. Like this is not... Devon has not been an active father for the last five years. For sure. No. Um, but yeah, I think that she also, cause I think Brianna expects so little of him. Mm-hmm. She also puts him in positions where he's going to fail because she just expects him to anyway. Yeah. And then she gets even more pissed. Yeah. And it's, it's just, yeah, they're not communicating well at all. It's such a bad cycle for them to be in. Uh, like, I would not be surprised to find out if before filming, like, Brianna didn't even have his number, like, until they started filming. I feel like they're oh, that sure. disconnected from one another. You know, Devon probably gets a new cell phone number, like, every time Metro PCS shuts off his phone. And then he has to get a whole <laughs> new gets to go and get a whole new phone number because, you know, it's like contracted by month and he has to go two months without a phone. And then by the time he gets a new phone, he has to get like a whole new fucking phone number. And it's like, this is probably every like six to eight months. Devon has a new phone number. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I think you're spot on. And he's just always out of touch. And I mean, at the beginning of the season, we saw Devon, like, surprise Nova when he hadn't seen her in six months. And she was like, who the fuck is this? Right. She didn't recognize him. 
Right. She oh doesn't. She doesn't know him. But now, like, I don't know. On one hand, it's like Brianna is not doing any favors for Nova or Devon by basically shutting him down at all points. But on the other hand, it's like I can't blame her. She spent five to six years, however old Nova is doing it all and then Devon's showing back up and is pissed that she's like not including him and it's like where have you been he's a complete classic fuckboy he's like I'm putting in five percent effort like Mm -hmm. where are my returns like and you can tell that he's really pissed because the show's coming on now and he's seeing what's being said about him and yeah. yeah he's like he's livid yeah he's you're 100% right. And he's, I think Devon is also maybe stuck in that place where he is, he wants to prove everybody wrong, but he's also like pissed as fuck at them. So he doesn't want to show up and be around them. But if he doesn't show up and be around them, then he can't prove anybody wrong. Exactly. And it's just like, uh, what's his face? Who's the fellow's dad? We got Lewis. rid of him real quick. Yeah, where's Lewis? Lewis? Like Lewis. <laughs> Although I think I, I read apparently he's paying her child support and he is trucking. Like he's he apparently is posting on Instagram like trucking a lot. Which you know, good for him. He got uh-huh. a job. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. So Devon <laughs> shows up to pick Nova up from school and I was a little confused by Roxanne was being very nice and she's like, Oh, you worked the more like the day shift he's like yeah i got off at 10 30 i'm like what day shift is he working like <laughs> no idea he said that one job was landscaping which is early in the morning like in florida the landscapers start at like 5 a.m because it's right. so hot you know too hot yeah. around palm beach the landscapers they all rest from like 11 to 12 and they take right. naps because it's so hot. Like, literally, you'll walk by, like, a, a yard, and there'll be, like, five landscapers, like, taking a nap in the yard. Right. It's so bizarre to watch. And, it, oh, it's awful because <laughs> they have long sleeve shirts on and pants because it's so – the sun is so bright, and they have to completely cover up. And so I do believe he's working early, but he's not getting off at 5, 10.30. I don't know. Devon confuses me. So they – Brianna's like – Nova wants us all to go to lunch, so we're going together. And it's like, okay, maybe don't listen to Nova. <laughs> Brianna will listen to anybody except for the voice inside of her own head. Yeah, Nova six. Like, I understand if you want... This is also the problem. So Nova doesn't trust Devon at all. She doesn't want Devon taking right. Nova anywhere. Which, you know what, like, that's not unfair, but at the same time, if you can't fucking stand the sight of Devon, then he can't have the supervised visits in your home. Or with you right. at, at lunch. You know, it just, it's not going to work because you hate him and you fight with him every time you see him. And honestly, I don't understand why she can't drive Nova to Devon's, to Devon's mother's house and let her stay there for three hours and then pick her up. And I feel like she should know. I feel like at the very least Roxanne should have told her, like, okay, maybe if you get in with the mom, you could have a better relationship with Yvonne because you have somebody in his family on your side now, you know? 
Yeah. Like, I, that would be the smart thing to do. I need to know more about Devon's family. I feel like we're missing a huge piece. Like, yeah. it's very weird that Devon has sisters, he has a mother, and she won't send Nova over there at all. I understand, like, nobody's saying Nova has to go sleep there. Nova has to be there, like, for extended periods of time. But for what reason can Nova not go over there for a couple hours on a Sunday afternoon or send Nova to church with his mom? You know what I, like... For what reason yeah. can she not go and have just, like, soup? well, not supervised, but, like, afternoon visits? Go to, like, the big family events, like a big birthday or, yeah, yeah, like a family reunion or something like that. Something where she can see her whole family, the kids that are in the family that are her age, and, like, develop a relationship with his side that way. Yeah, like, get close I don't to one of her. At all. He said, like, her hair looks just like my sister's, implying there are multiple sisters. Like, just get in with one person in his family. I'm wondering if maybe, like, his family didn't like her when she was 15 and sleeping with Devon, you know, maybe at their house. Like, it was maybe, like, a Farrah and Derek situation where it was always, like, a bad relationship between her and his parents. I don't know. I just, I find it very weird that she can't. That Brianna won't even send her over there just for after, just send her over for lunch on Sundays. Yeah, it's insane to me. You know, Novik is old enough, she can talk now. I understand as a baby, like, I'm not sending a baby anywhere. No. Right. Even a toddler. But Nova's, like, old enough that you can send her there, and if she's uncomfortable, she can come home and say, I didn't like to go there. And then she never has to go there again. Exactly. Exactly. It's. Uh, I wonder if this is like, okay, I had this theory about Kale, is that she is like so desperate for love and affection that she will entertain these relationships like with Javi. Mm-hmm. When they were together, she will entertain the fact that Lincoln is like around and that he has to take care of Lincoln. But as soon as they broke up, it's like she wanted, she would have been so much happier if Javi had no custody whatsoever. Yeah. Same with Joe. Yeah. And I just wonder if if it's the same with them. It's like they are so fearful of anybody else being in Nova's life that it's like not even worth the benefit that it would be to Nova to have her whole other side of the family, you know? Yeah. And well, and Devon kind of brings it up. It's like I don't think they've had any men in their lives at all that are stable, that are around, that are safe, you know? And so what is it? What does it matter to them if Nova has a dad? Like, we all did fine is probably how they look at it. They all sit around and trash talk all the men in their lives. I think they are uninterested in someone coming in and, like, disrupting their flow, which I'm not sure. I can understand that. You know, I can understand the desire to want to have complete control. Yeah. But who does that benefit in the end? And also... I think it's with Kale. I think it's with Brienne. It's a little bit of a martyr syndrome where if Devon did step up and started participating, then Brianna couldn't sit around and call Devon a piece of shit and just like rail against him and how awful he is and how she has to do it all on her own. I think it's a little bit of that too. She likes to, she likes the situation. Yeah. I think she is very used to, like, we get in these cycles of either negativity or positivity. And I think she gets used to the tears and the stress Mm -hmm. and all of that. And even though it's, like, not good for her, I think it's, like, 
she doesn't know how else to live. Totally. And I think that's clear. I would imagine, I can't imagine Roxanne having a healthy relationship with anybody to show her that that's how it works. Forget about it. So why would, she's just, and I think I've definitely said this on a podcast before, like Brianna and I would imagine Roxanne and although I feel like Britney's a lesbian, but I mean, maybe Britney too. Um, I think that they do this thing where they expect all men to be not shit. So they find other men that aren't shit. And then they're like, well, he wasn't shit. This is what I knew. I knew he yep. wouldn't be here for me. I knew he wasn't shit. I was right. All men are garbage. Because if, if you're just assuming all men are garbage and nobody's ever going to treat you right and nobody's ever going to be there for you, you're never going to find a good guy. Right. My God. Like, what is? what was she expecting finding some dude at a club in wherever, suburban Orlando? Like, girl. <laughs> what, what were you thinking? I don't know. I, I, I really... I don't know. I don't think she was thinking. I don't think she was thinking at all. So we're all at lunch and I don't even know how it gets started, but Devon mentioned something about has having two jobs and Brianna just snaps. Like she's like, what do you mean you have two jobs and you're not giving me shit? Like, first of all, very few people that have two jobs have more money than a person who has one job. <laughs> exactly. There's a reason for this. Yeah, um, I mean, some people, I guess, like, are working the surplus job and they have legit extra cash. But most people work a second job because they make so little at their first job and they have to. And let's be real, Devon's probably been working for, like, a week and a half. Like, absolutely. calm down. Absolutely, he's been working. He probably hasn't even gotten his first check yet. Like, (laughs) let's be real. (laughs) Also, like, one job is landscaping. Like, the other job is probably, like, doing construction one day a week with his friend's dad. You know? Right. And he just said that he was about to stop doing that altogether. Yeah. Because he's like, well, I'm trying to do the landscaping more. A.K.A. The landscaping company let him work two days a week and he's doing well. So now he can work four days a week. So he'll be able to quit the second job. Exactly. It's not like he's working two like professional jobs and is rolling in the cash. I'm assuming. I just think it's, it it, it just set Brianna off, but this is another thing. It's like, Brianna, when has Devon ever given you shit? Like, why are you, you're the one, Nova is six years old, and they're just establishing paternity. Right. <sighs> like, you <laughs> you should have been filed for support six years ago. She's something else. She's truly, truly something else. I don't really know, I know the least about her journey. I never saw her 16 and pregnant. Um I do vaguely remember her because she had that really cute short hair. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know much about her. I need to rewatch 16 and Pregnant and, I guess, Teen Mom 3, which is, like, a journey. (sighs) What a... Oh, my God. (laughs) But, yeah, so she could totally set off by him. Yeah. And this... He starts his fuckboy diatribe about, like, oh, well, maybe if... I'm not going to give you money and just give her all 
you know, spend yeah. all the time with you. Like, which is I not unreasonable. Oh, and I will say Brittany does have the foresight to take Nova outside, which was truly deeply shocking to me. And thank God for that, because if Roxanne was getting up on the thing, God oh, knows what Brittany would have done. God, oh my God, I, I can't. I, re- I really can't. But yeah, so Devon is doing this thing where he's like, yeah, like take me to court because then the judge will give me visits. And then they start going back with like, you suck ass. No, you suck ass. Crazy. I was like, What? He, like, yeah, I was totally like, well, maybe the problem's you. Maybe you have two guys that are now leaving you. And, yeah, she was like, no, I chose not to be with Lewis. And, oh, he really touched some buttons. Yeah, and he had a shit-eating grin on his face. Did you notice that? Oh, he was proud of himself. He knew. I mean, so Devon hasn't really been in the picture, but Devon was in the picture. And he was in the picture for a while when they were teenagers and he got he knew how to get Brianna and Roxanne going and he went right back there and I think he even says it to a producer like at the very end of the episode but he knew how to do it he knew exactly what to do and that's why he had a fucking smile on his face because he was like all right I'm done I think he was pissed I think you're exactly right that he had been watching I bet like two episodes had aired at this point and he was like no 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 fuck this Like, I'm not letting them talk shit on me. I'm talking shit back. Oh, totally. He's like, I've had my job for 10 days now. and (laughs) I'm stable now. (laughs) I'm going to prepare a speech and get all these bitches out of my way. It it was, like, so great. He was raring to go. Yeah. And then they start going back and forth on who's disrespecting who. And Roxanne is actually surprisingly staying calm. I was like, okay, Roxanne's like... You know, she she's calm. She's surprisingly like, stop it, guys. Like, this needs to stop. And then Devon <laughs> looks them dead in the face and says, you don't even know what it's like to have a dad. And Ooh. Roxanne, in a second, is on top of the, boot, of the oh. bench because they're sitting. Oh, by the way, like, shout out to everybody which is a ton of people who messaged me were like you are my only source of teen mom somebody messaged me on facebook and was like i literally don't even know what these girls look like i've never watched an episode but i'm listening to feathers in my hair and like a ton of people reached out to me on facebook on twitter i was laughing so hard i've been loving getting these messages all week but so they're in like a one of those six people booths and they're wide bench seats and she like wooden bench seats and she is up on that bench in like a second like she like an like an olympic gymnast she is it was like incredible and she is agile (laughs) as fuck like she likes like leapfrogged onto her feet unbelievable she (laughs) and the the mtv security guard is like there brianna like kind of gets up to grab her arm and the mtv security guard is like nope not today not today he must have been right behind the camera because he was like there in a second yeah i think they do stand like i think they stand directly out of frame oh my god i would imagine as soon as like devon and Brittany or devon and brianna i wish brianna's name was Brittany because Brittany's a lot easier for me to say for some reason it like flows out of my mouth a lot easier (laughs) (laughs) but i would imagine as soon as like devon and brianna 
started getting heated, the security guard steps like immediately out of frame. Totally. Yeah, I think they're probably ready. I feel like they're probably terrified of all the escalated voices that happen and they like stay unready. Yeah. With that family. But it was crazy. Like Rox I cannot believe how quickly she moved. I was cracking up. Like dying. Like she was in a video game. Like she Mortal Kombated. <laughs> Like, remember Mortal Kombat when they would, like, do that jump thing? That's what that was. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. She, uh, what, what, I mean, this family is just, like. Yeah. I, I thank God every day that they put her on TV instead of Chelsea. Well, in addition to Chelsea, because I don't know what would be watching with Chelsea. No. Don't know at all. So, the security guard pulls her off. Devon, like, rips off his mic and is like, nope, fuck this. Turns around, gives them double middle fingers. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you could have you could have had me, but you lost me as a double middle finger. Like, that's so lame. <laughs> what are you, a Lip Biscuit video? Like, <laughs> chill out, Devon. And Roxanne and Brianna go outside. And Ro- I think... I did kind of feel for Roxanne here. Now stick with me. I know it's crazy to feel for her after everything I said, but I did like when she was crying and I think I do feel for her because I feel like Roxanne has no control over her temper whatsoever. And that does make me feel sad for people when they react and then come down immediately. And she was like, I just fucked it all up. I fucked it all up. We had been making so much progress and I just ruined it. And I was like, yeah, you did. You sure did. Yeah, she did take ownership of it. And I, I will say that is fair. But the thing is, like, as soon as Brianna walked outside, she apologized to her. And I'm like, yeah. what are you apologizing for? That's what I was like, going to bring insane. up. Yeah, Brianna was like, no, I'm sorry. I feel like they were apologizing incorrectly and taking ownership in an incorrect way. Like, Brianna shouldn't be apologizing for getting Roxanne worked up. You know what I mean? Like, she needs to be apologizing to Devon for escalating the conversation. Because Brianna says to Roxanne, as soon as he mentioned he had two jobs, I just snapped. I'm so pissed. Like, I'm so sorry I worked you up. And it's like, no, no, no. The two of you don't need to be apologizing to each other right now. Brianna needs to be apologizing to Devon. Devon needs to apologize yeah. to Brianna. Devon needs to apologize to Roxanne. Roxanne needs to apologize to Devon. You know what I mean? It's like all the apologies totally. are happening, happening like the wrong way. The wrong way. Oh my God. Because nothing gets done with Brianna and Roxanne apologizing to each other. Because we know yeah, they're good. Exactly. And they're going home to their shared apartment where they take care of each other and live in their codependency. Yeah, like, Roxanne can live in the comfort of knowing that she can pop off at any given moment and that Brianna will never be mad at her. Like, that's never going to happen. Brianna got on Twitter and was like, sorry, your mom doesn't love me, love you as much as my mom loves me. And I was like, oh. I would be mortified if my mother had done that. I would have been humiliated. I would not have been able to deal with it. She has got to... Is she still with Javi? I don't know. Is she? Like, <laughs> were they ever together in the first place? Javi posted something. Here, 
Okay, here's a stupid rant that I'm about to deliver to you all that nobody cares about. Javi posted a picture today and was like, it was a picture of um, some Golden State Warriors merchandise. And it was like, we're half ready for the game next week. And there was like a baby onesie. So I'm assuming that was for Stella. Because I guess they're all going to go to the Golden State Warriors game. Now, as a Philadelphia sports fan, let me just say fuck you, Javi, for not liking the Sixers and thinking that you're allowed to turn your back on any Philadelphia sports team. We suffer together, Javi, and you are not allowed to like the Eagles and the Golden State Warriors. And it does not surprise me that Javi is a bandwagoner fan. Oh, not at all. Of course, Javi likes the best team in basketball for the last five years. Of course. He probably has seven different jerseys with, like, Kobe Bryant, um, LeBron James. So right. He's got all the big teams. You're I so right. Oh, no, Javi. You're from the Philadelphia area, and you like the Eagles. So you, if you're going to like, if you're going to follow those sports, the rule is you must follow all the Philadelphia sports. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. <laughs> I like saw that today and I was like, Ugh, how dare he? And then I was like, Liz, like you need to go see a therapist. Like, uh, So I'm just wondering, okay, if she's still with Javi and this actually becomes like a serious long-term thing, one of them is going to have to move. No, they're all moving how- to Delaware, Kara. Please. <sighs> Javi's going to buy them a house. Oh, my God. What Javi will probably do is, like, get two houses next door to each other so his parents can live in one and Roxanne and Brittany can live in another, and then they'll pick which one uh, Javi and Brianna live in. I'm just, like, chilled to my core because I know you're right. Yeah, of course. Oh, my God. Javi, like, jerks off at night thinking about buying a home (laughs) for Brianna, Brittany, and Roxanne and the girls. Oh my god, you're so right. Javi's already thinking about how he can adopt Stella and Nova and they can be his daughters. He Oh my god, the thirst was so real of him looking at that baby. Yeah, let's go to Kale next. We should just go to Kale right now because I mean perfect transition. I just want to say, I think, I mean, I've gone on record saying I think Javi and Brianna could be a literal perfect couple and will be together forever, but I just can't figure out if they're actually together or not. Like, yes, I understand they say they're they're, they're together, but, like, I feel like Javi could give an interview t- saying he's with me. Like, <laughs> Javi's just a lunatic and will say he's with anyone and Brianna, like, doesn't give a fuck, like... I bet Brianna would let me give an interview saying I was with her. And she'd be like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, let's... also with that girl from the real world for like two minutes, for like a, earlier this year, like right? Two weeks, probably two weeks and gave about 10 interviews on it. And I think their kids met. Oh my God. So, I think yeah. he gets off on like the publicity of like him being with some other Absolutely. Z-list celebrity. And then it gets, He's like, oh, you live 2,000 miles away from me. Like, this isn't going to work. Yeah, I completely agree. And he just, I don't know, Javi, Javi makes no, he makes no sense to me. I mean, he does, but at the same time, he doesn't. Because what does Javi want? I feel like he wants us to believe, I mean, I know what he wants. He wants fame and fortune and to be beloved 
by all. But he wants us to believe he's just like a down home guy. Right. When the reality is he wants to spend like four nights in Vegas and like falling. Yeah. Absolutely. So Kale is Kale gives she goes into labor and she decides not to film the birth, which you want good for her. Yeah. It didn't shock me at all though. No. Would you I mean like look, people give Kale a lot of shit for not filming, which I've gone on record to say people need to stop because since she like said she was pregnant, she's been very open about filming. And is like I thought especially last week when she was talking about Chris, like she was being very, very vulnerable. She just However, has to do things on her own time. Yeah, and I can understand like why you wouldn't want to film the birth of your child. Especially Chris doesn't we know Chris doesn't want to film. And right. Chris is there for the birth. What are they gonna do? Block his face out during the birth? Like Everybody has to maneuver around him to get him in the scene as little as possible. I feel like if Chris was into filming, they probably, they maybe would have filmed the birth, you know, but I can understand why with Chris there, Kale's like, it's just easier for MTV not to be there. Well, yeah, I mean, they're clearly walking on eggshells in terms of their relationship. So if the choice is between Chris leaving and MTV being there, the choice is very obvious, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, I would also imagine, like, and I think this happened with Chelsea and Cole a little bit, but now that Cole's, like, into fame a little more, that's why we're seeing so much more. And that's why all of a sudden Chelsea's like, sure, you can film me shopping for my wedding dress and my reception, and I'm not, I'm filming everything this season. Uh, Because Cole's, like, more into it. But I would imagine if you're a reality TV star and you get a partner, boyfriend that you really like, which I think Chris really liked Kale, or Kale really liked Chris, especially Mm -hmm. someone that you really like that's, like, not committing to you, which we've all been there, where you really love a guy and he just won't be your boyfriend, but he'll still have sex with you. Like, been there, done that. Everybody listening to this podcast has been there and done that, I would assume, unless you're, like, that girl that's been with your boyfriend since you were 16 and now you're married and have two children. God bless you. Not my life path. Um, <laughs> not, not Liz's life path. But not I would imagine if you're in that situation and the guy you like really like and want to be with wants nothing to do with your reality show, you wouldn't want to film as much. Totally. And you can tell that like... When Kale doesn't want to do something on her own accord, like, she's very hard about it and adamant, but, like, it seemed like when she would speak about Chris and things not happening because of Chris, it was, like, a fear there. Yeah. Like, an insecurity. I think that's, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. She's, she's scared, and I would imagine she, you know, I get it. I just, I get it, and I can even, now that I'm thinking about it, I can even get it, like, with Chelsea and Cole, like, you meet this guy, you're obsessed with him. Also, all of these girls take this show for granted. All of them take oh the money God, for granted. Yeah. All of them are, I mean, and I can't say I wouldn't in the same position. Besides the Kardashians, how many other shows are in their, reality shows, are in their eighth season with the same cast? Oh, very None. few. I can't, I can't think of a single other one but the Kardashians. And 
I mean, these girls have been making consistent money and without really having to do much or apply yeah. themselves for years. Like, that's all they know. Yeah, so it's... they just take it for granted and they're like, I don't really want to film because I'm finally, like, in love and feeling happy in my personal life. Yeah, it's, oh my God. Who are you most afraid for financially? Um, I guess Janelle, but Barbara will, like, always let her just move back in, you know? So, Bar- Barbara, nothing would please Barbara more than Janelle for her- for Janelle to lose all her money <laughs> and split with David <laughs> and, like, have to come move in with Barbara and depend on Barbara. Barbara, that's Barbara's life dream. She would truly love for Janelle to be single for the rest of her life. Yeah. And have to be yeah, totally dependent on Barbara. A hundred percent. Bring all the kids. We'll live in my four bedroom home together. That's, you know, 1900 square feet. Love it. Kill it. A hundred percent. Oh my God. Maybe but, we'll get a, maybe yeah. we'll build an extra room for the kids. Like Extra that's, room to yell in. Yeah. That's Barbara's dream. So <laughs> I'm not that worried about Janelle because there's a fallback. I would say maybe someone like Amber because Amber has literal no motivation whatsoever to make money, you know? She has no life skills. No. At all. No. None. Um, None. Maybe also Caitlin and Tyler. I'm curious if they save any money. Because they, they live pretty frugally. Like, yes, I know they have three houses, but their three houses cost, like, probably what Janelle paid for their houses cost like $70,000 that they buy. Like, right. They probably collectively own more like than Farrah lost on that condo that she just sold in, in Texas. Like a hundred percent, which by the way, Farrah sold the Austin house today, finally. And, um, at a major loss. At, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't, it didn't say what she bought it for, but it was on the market for seven fifty, and she sold it for five twenty, which ooh, not great. Um, not great. Not great. So yeah, their houses are definitely worth under five hundred k combined. So, you know, they drive that fucking minivan. Like, <laughs> I don't think Caitlin and Tyler they live very frugally. They're not. They don't seem to be into cars and clothes and that type of shit. They probably spend more on weed than anything. I bet that's, like, their big luxury item. Yeah. Also, I saw someone on Reddit, and, like, really, this is me, and I understand this deeply, is that they just, like, probably spend $5 here, $5 there, $15 here, 15 Like, just, like, always buying shit that adds up but accumulates, like, nothing in their lives. Totally. Which, you know, I get on a deeply personal level. I feel it too. God, I would love to be that kind of rich, just like buying Cheetos all willy nilly without a care in the world. Oh well, I do that, and I'm not rich, and it's why I'm. (laughs) I'm like ten dollars isn't even money. (laughs) The worst. So Kale gave birth to a baby boy. Baby Lo had no name at this point, and we get a cute scene of Lincoln. Lincoln's at Javi's house, and Javi tells him that Kale had a baby, and Lincoln is so cute. He says, can we go to the hospital and see my baby? So cute. 
so how does she raise these boys that are so adorable like i don't even like little boys and they're the cutest they're so sensitive how did kale get sensitive kids it's like just a dream watching them every time and then you take a look back and you realize that these are kaylin's children yeah it's shocking i know shocking it's truly shocking but Lincoln, or excuse me, Javi is with his sister, and they talk about it, and Javi's like, no, I don't feel any emotions towards her, and Javi's sister gives him a look like, yeah, right. Yeah, no, please. And, I mean, he was like, well, it's just weird, because we would have had a third kid, because remember, Kale had a miscarriage when they were together, and... Yeah, that was super dark. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, the one he blamed her for. Yikes. God. Yikes. Um, and, you, like, as much as I don't like Javi, and I feel like he's really victimized himself in this divorce and has made Kale seem like the evil one, when I totally believe he was fucking other girls when he was deployed, and I totally believe, like, he was a full participant in their marriage going south, like, I feel for him here. <laughs> I felt for him Definitely. in this episode, and... I can't, here's the thing, Javi, I think, doesn't, I believe Javi doesn't, like, love Kale, like a wife, you know, like, he is not, like, I love Kale so much, I think they probably still fuck occasionally, would be my guess, like, every once in a while, they have sex, but I believe Javi's, like, not in love with Kale, but Javi's obsessed with family, and being a Mm -hmm. family, and this is like the official death of their family. Although, is it really? Because let's all be real. We know Javi would get back with Kale and raise that baby as his own and adopt it. Oh, totally. We, totally. we all know that to be true. But I just, I, I would imagine Javi just want, like he doesn't want to be with Kale, but he wants to be in their old house with Isaac with Lincoln and with a new baby of his to love. But, right. and he wants it to be with Kale because that's who it was with before, but not because he actually loves Kale. 100%. Yeah. He wants that family unit and he, yeah, this was not his dream to be having like multiple baby mamas. Like he just wanted to make it work with that one. And yeah, yeah, it was that, like I have a huge soft spot for a man who actually wants to have a family to be an active participant in his child's life. And like to really like be vocal and participatory in that, like it's hard not to feel for him. Yeah. I I mean, I think he really did want that. I absolutely. And I think he's, I think he's mourning the loss of the, the family and not mourning the loss of Kale, which is why, I mean, if you guys go back and rewatch the season, like the two seasons before the divorce, like they hated each other. Like Javi, mm-hmm. they would get into fights. I remember once they were fighting like in the car and Javi was like, so let's get a divorce. Like Javi did not like Kale. <laughs> like they did right. not get along. They fought all the time. They like couldn't. They went to counseling once, and Javi didn't like it, and they were not on the same page, and they totally had different ideas about marriage. But I think Javi is a hundred percent just mourning the loss of the family, and I think he also knows like the more 
kids Kale gets, the less Isaac is going to be around him. Because totally. now, now there's like a new... F- because without the new baby, Javi was like the last around. So Isaac is still very attached to him. And Isaac still, you know, Javi just recently took Isaac to Orlando. Kale's like been beyond good for Kale, in my opinion. Like, shockingly good with allowing mm-hmm. um, Javi and Isaac to be around one another. But I think he kind of knows, like, with the new baby, like, now there's a whole new family of Isaac Lincoln and the new baby and Kale and Javi has no part of it. And that's also well, like and another disconnection. Like, yeah. Well, also that's like, you're bringing another man into the situation and it's like, he doesn't have to worry about Joe because Joe's got his family. He knows that he's not interested in Kale, but like, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen with this new guy. Like what if he's a total dick and then he's around your kid? Like what if they make it work? You don't yeah. like him. And then, Lincoln's in this house with some dude that you don't like, you know? It's mm-hmm. that's a legit concern. Also, I think Javi is getting a lot of like reap what you'll sow. And he forever was like, I'm raising Joe's kid for him. Like Joe's not coming around as much. Like Joe's not doing enough for his kid. Like I'm mm-hmm. the one that's Isaac's dad. And I think now he's realizing like that wasn't the case. And it was just, right. it was just working out that way because he was married to Kale and he lived with Isaac. So of course, like whoever's living with your kid is going to be the one that's like most actively raising them because that's just how it is. Like, right. Not, not because they're like some amazing Superman that's stepping up to raise your kid because you're not there. It's just, Logistic. it's just how it is. It's just because yeah. of time. Yeah. And I think he's like, oh, well, now, like, this, a new guy could be doing that with my kid. He's way too proud for that. Way too proud. Ugh, he's so, so much false pride on that one. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it's a very cute moment between him and Lincoln. Yeah, and Javi's sister wishes her the best of luck, and I thought it sounded genuine. Mostly. I was mostly convinced. Yeah, mostly. Agreed. That's a good way to say it. She was mostly genuine. Yeah. So, Kale, uh, we see V and Joe tell Lincoln, or excuse me, tell Isaac that he is another brother. And Isaac's like, a brother? Another brother? <laughs> he is such a little goofy. I love him. I, I love him so much. And we get a Kale voiceover that... Chris was there for the birth. Oh, wait, maybe this wasn't a voiceover. That was before where she's like, I'm staying in the hospital. Chris was here and the boys aren't their dad. So Kale comes home from the hospital and the boys are coming over to meet the baby. And Lincoln comes in the door and is like, is my baby brother out? Where is it? So sweet. (laughs) So sweet. And Lincoln just loves the baby immediately. So cute. He was like confused about whether or not Kayla had actually had a, another baby in her stomach. <laughs> like, there's another baby in there. Yeah. Like, no, I'm just still fat. <laughs> I know that was so funny. And ha- this is when Javi had this look of like pure heartbreak. Ugh. He looked it. I. I felt genuinely sad for him. It hurt me, for sure. 
It killed me. Yeah. I mean... Especially seeing him with, with Lincoln and her, and they're all cuddled up on the couch, and mm-hmm. he's, like, sitting there in, like, an old, uncomfortable... <laughs> I, I can't imagine, because it's not just his ex-wife. It's not just his child. They're in his old home, you know, that they bought together as a family. That right. It, I feel like it would have been less hard if they went to the hospital. Right. Still hard, yeah. but there's something significant. And we've heard Javi say it, like, that it's, he feels like it's his house and, like, the house they built together and, like, made together. And I just, I think that's, like, he's, I, he's a stranger in his own home and he's not part of the family anymore. And, like, of course he is, but I would imagine that's how he feels. And it's got to be weird to look down at a baby that you know wouldn't have existed if, the baby that you created had lived. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. But Kale is being extraordinarily nice to Javi. Yeah, she must have had those hormones still kicking in because... Those hormones were pumping because she was smiling (laughs) at Javi. She let him sit there without being like, no, you need to sit on another chair, which is like her favorite thing to do. I didn't suppose she was making like a turn around because she was breastfeeding. Yeah, I was. Yeah, me too. I actually had that thought. Like she, Kale was just like, we haven't talked. Kale was glowing. Like she was just so happy to be with the new baby. She was so happy to have her other boys there. Like she was so high on it all. And it was really actually wonderful to see. I think Kale's in her element when she's being a mom. A hundred percent. I think Everything in her life is completely out of control. She has no idea how to have relationships. I don't think she really knows how to have friendships very well. I think she's still very figuring out who her close friends are, who are not her close friends. I think, you know, she's just all twisted up. But what she can do well is be a mom. Totally. And I think she, I think she kind of takes the mom role with her friends, and I think that's going to come back to bite her. Yeah, yeah, she definitely. I'm sure they all come over. Because she cooks them dinner. She lets them sleep at her house. She takes them on vacation. She buys them things. Like she's, yeah, absolutely. You know, those girls start getting married and like engaged and stuff. Like it's just going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so V and Joe come over to bring Isaac, they bring baby Vivi, they bring all this food and a present for the baby, and it just, it did give me a little bit of hope because it makes you realize, like, Javi will be happy one day. You know, like, Joe and V were, like, so happy, they love each other, they have a beautiful daughter, a beautiful son, now their their son has a new brother, like, it's a great, beautiful moment for their family, they're in a good place with Kale, like, everything is good. Right. And yeah, Bobby it was is like cute. sad. <laughs> it was like God, you're like the ner- the nerd at the party who's just like sulking in the corner while like everybody else is having a good time. Eating rice and beans and like laughing. I mean it, just... it was a beautiful blended family moment though. Like it was nice to see Joe and V like Joe and V could have easily just dropped Isaac off and like left. But they cooked a meal. They brought a gift that I'm assuming was from Isaac for the baby. You know, like, 
they brought a gift, like, V walked, I don't, there was just something very comfortable about it. Like, V walked into the house and, like, started setting up plates, you know? She wasn't, like, it, she wasn't walking on eggshells. Yeah, it was, yeah, and it didn't even seem like Kayla was expecting the food, like, she totally, like, just thought to bring it on her own, it was very thoughtful, like, very, very sweet. Absolutely, and it was just a really nice blended family moment, because, you know, they realized, like, do you remember when V got pregnant, and Kayla said, I mean, that doesn't really affect me at all. I mean, it's awful because especially now with Lux, like their kids, there are so many kids so close in age. Can I just say that, like, I forget every second of the day, like what that kid's name is until somebody says it. And I'm like, oh, it just hits me like a ton of bricks. I know. I still think of him as baby low. Honestly, she should have climber, climber, like Lincoln suggested would have been a great name. So, I would have loved that. They, she honestly, I think she was just connected to the name Lo because she was calling it Baby Lo the whole pregnancy, and then for the six fucking weeks it was born. She should have just named him Lo, L O. I mean, you can name your kid anything these days. Who cares? She named him Lux. Like, really? Or name him? Why didn't she name him Lowry or Lowry or however she pronounces it? Well, I like, think that's his last name. What? Oh. I don't think his last name is Lopez. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, from my understanding, he, like, Lopez hasn't signed anything, like, is not participating in this anymore. Please. Help the child. Help the child. Save the child. Absolutely. (laughs) But, or she, I wish she had named him, his name is Lux Russell, and I wish she had named him Russell Lux. Yeah, that would have been way better. Because Russell Lux Lowry is like a cool name. That's a much... Oh, my God. See, now I'm upset. I didn't know that was his middle name. Russell's a good name, and he looks like a Russell. Lux is one of those names, like, your whole adult life, you're going to be like, no, my name's Lux. And people are like, what? He's going to be like, like, (laughs) like, luck, or like luxury, but like Lux. And they're like, what? Like, that's not a grown-up's name. That's somebody's no. Twitter handle. <laughs> That's like the name that you give yourself when you're 13 to 15 and you start listening to Marilyn Manson. Like, yeah. that's it. Like, Lux is, I mean, I'm going, it's somebody, it's a, not even a Twitter handle, like the name on Twitter that you constantly can change. Not your at, but like your name, you know? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it's kind of grown on me. It's like, it's whatever, but I really wish his name was Russell. It's so much better. Maybe he'll go by Russell. Yeah, just L.Russell. That would be nice. I think Tomlin, my good friend Tomlin, calls him (laughs) L.Russell. Like when she types it out. I might start doing that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because she goes like by C.E. Tomlin because she doesn't like her first name. So she... Like she, so she's now changed him into an initial person as well. I think that's good. That's a great idea. Agreed. <laughs> um, uh, we see uh, a really cute Lincoln. I just think it's so funny that Lincoln's calling the baby it because he doesn't realize that like you don't call babies it. Right. <laughs> and Isaac's holding Lux, and then Lincoln's like, "I want to hold it." 
so and he cute. holds the baby and Isaac's like, be gentle. <laughs> it was like, really like, oh, please, please with the baby. It was just so sweet and sensitive. Like, I really can't take it. And Kale looked, I know I just already said this, but honestly, Kale looked so happy. She looked beautiful. Yeah, she was, she really was glowing. She looked really nice. She was just so happy. So that's a season wrap on Kale. And you know what? I feel like, I think Kale, I thought Kale's season was going to be a lot worse for her. Totally. Like a lot worse for her. I thought, I don't know what I thought, but she had even tweeted at the beginning, like, I was not myself this season. Like, I want to do better next season. I I don't think she was as bad as I expected her to be, considering she was pregnant with a random guy's child. I think there was probably a lot going on that we didn't see because she didn't want to talk about Chris and she probably felt that things were being portrayed as worse than what we saw. I think she could have way worse last season. Oh, 100%. Yeah. She got a really good edit. This is probably one of her best seasons of all time. Yeah. She got a good edit, but like a realist. What felt like a realistic uh, edit. Right. Where she wasn't like, we weren't like, oh, Kale's amazing. But it wasn't like Kale's the worst person on earth. She looked like real and stressed. Definitely. Like that little two second fight that we got between Chelsea and um, Homeboy. That was the realest thing she's done in years. Yeah. And then we get to all this bullshit. Last episode, there was a whole scene of her just walking out the door. Please. Literally all they were doing. I wanted to die. Yeah, but before Chelsea, I want to go to Leah. I want to do Leah because Chelsea's going to be so short, and so I want to do Leah right now. And I would say Leah had her best season of all time. Yes. She got such a good edit. She was like a strong woman who had, uh, you know, coherence, not completely pill-laced thoughts. Yes. And she was a good mother. Yes. She seemed to get places on time. Yes. Um, I have to make a proclamation right now is okay. that I am officially the president <laughs> of, oh, of um Addie. Is it Addie? Yeah, oh, Addie's I fan club. Name. Oh my god, that girl. And I say this as a person who was raised in the South. I grew up in Georgia. She's the perfect little redneck child I've ever seen in my life. She's so cute. I think they're hillbillies, not rednecks. Oh my god, whatever they are. They are like living their freest best life. And it's just such a delight to see. That child lives off of mac and cheese mm-hmm. and beans out of a can, butter, as we saw later. And she's just, I just I think she's so precious. Deeply relate to Addie's just like eating condiments straight as condiments <laughs> because that's something I absolutely did as a child. My parents, when we would go into restaurants, would allow us to drink the creamers like on oh, the table. You know, like at a diner, they keep creamers yeah. on the table. I don't know why we were allowed to do this. Um, I 
constantly poured sugar packets in my mouth. Like, I mean, I've been addicted to sugar for a long time. My mom had this theory that, like, if she let us eat what we want, we wouldn't... I don't I don't really know what the theory was. You would, like, self-regulate? Yeah. I mean, which didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work at all. I never learned that. I remember once my grandma was like, you can't have a cookie. And I was like, why not? And she's like, your mom wouldn't let you have a cookie before dinner. I was like, yeah, she would. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my mom, we got like, my mom cooked us dinners. Like we would have chicken and veggie. Like we weren't wild animals. We actually didn't really eat out a lot. My parents still, my mom is a little more, but my dad doesn't, we don't really go to restaurants a lot. Like my mom cooked, um, or we had like lean cuisines, um, but yeah, I was like a wild sugar beast forever and anything sweet. And I've always had like the most insane sweet tooth. And so I deeply relate to Addie on that level. Just eating a mouthful of butter with a knife. It's just like <laughs> incredible. When I was a kid and went to sleep boy camp, my favorite thing to eat would be we would make toast and then we would like put as much butter as possible. And then we would just pour sugar on top of it. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. It's so good. I recommend everybody doing that. Oh, it's yeah. so good. You haven't lived until you've had that. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I agree. Addie, I used to like not be a huge fan of, and now I'm really into her. She's really coming into her own. She's so delightful. It's funny. I love watching the littlest sibling because I feel like they're either like so quiet because they're so overpowered by their older siblings or they're like, loud beasts and that's what Addie is yeah she's a ham and a half like she's so so cute yeah so Addie's being really bad and she calls Leah a poopy head (laughs) uh she says she asks if she's a poopy head Leah says no and she says well if you're not then who is (laughs) (laughs) not for nothing I do think we see a lot a lot of Leah's parenting on camera that she does not do off camera because sometimes she says stuff and the girls look at her like, who are you talking to? Like, yeah, really. <laughs> That's not how this works. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so Leah, I was actually shocked Leah was like going over Addie's letters with her. I was like, wow. But did you think that that had just happened like the day before? No, I mean, that was the first time We'd it actually happened. been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just yeah. wanted to be on the same page about this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And she says, she's like, go get me a drink. <laughs> oh, she's a little God. Melania. She's a little Melania Giudice. She really is. I would love to have a child like that. And I pray every day that I get one. Yeah. What I'm I sure deserve. You will. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yes. So Jeremy hasn't been home in a couple weeks to see Addie, and Leah's not there if he's going to be there for the first day of school. And she's extremely calm, like shockingly calm about it. Yeah. What? What? How would he not know? What does he do? That well, he I thought he didn't work. Rigs. Okay, because I thought he didn't work in the state. Yeah, that's what I don't understand because it's like. You either can be there or you can't. Like, I, I would, I always assumed, like, he had his jobs for, and he doesn't work in the state. Like, well, I think, 
he mostly doesn't work in the state. I would imagine there are some, maybe some jobs in West Virginia, but you know, he like goes to South Dakota. He lives in a camper. He has that really nice camper that's like right. on site and that's where he lives. And how I would, I don't know. Cause I wonder if you can get shifts covered or I thought it was like, he works for like um, three weeks. He knows he's working for three weeks and then he knows when he's off. Yeah, it seemed like there would have been a little bit more preparation. Like, he knew when she had to go to school, so how do you not know if you are going to have to work or not? Yeah, and the night before, like, if he's out of state, like, wouldn't he have to be home now already? Right. I mean, he's not like a labor and delivery doctor. Like, you should know. (laughs) Yeah, I really don't know because I, I... Honestly, don't know anything about working on pipelines. Me either. But... Except that they make a shit ton of money and that he lives in a camper. That's all I know. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, very cute. So she's starting preschool? Uh, Pre-K. But I guess it's at the regular school because she rides the bus. With them, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, it's the first, like, it's the next morning, and they're getting ready for school, and did you notice Gracie, like, had a, a makeup brush? It was like... Oh, just, like, she was, like, like, not a care, like, it was completely natural to her. Like, she was about to go off to her nine-to-five job, like... <laughs> like she was just, like, in front of the mirror, like, putting on her final stages of blush, like... I was, like, I rewound, I was, like, was Gracie doing her makeup? <laughs> Those other girls were, like, fake brushing their teeth. And I have to – I have been concerned about this all season because they're always filming these scenes of them, like, half brushing their teeth. I'm like, does Leah ever watch them? Oh, yeah. Because I know they're not brushing their teeth correctly. You have to watch kids brush their teeth. And even when you watch them, they barely do it. Yeah. Addie spilled half of the mouthwash on the I, counter. I, like, screamed at that. I was like, Why? she can't pour that. <laughs> She's five. Mayhem. Mayhem. But I, like, it was just such a quick cut of Gracious, like, staring in the mirror. Like... <laughs> just a working girl. Yeah. Ready to She's go. Like, oh, today is going to be tough. <laughs> I'm assuming, I'm hoping she just has, like, you know, like, one of Leah's old brushes. And... Just yeah, like, like to pretend like she's putting on makeup. I mean, I'm hoping that's the case. I don't know, though. you know Leah doesn't clean her brushes, so there's probably some leftover foundation in there. Oh, Leah's never cleaned a brush in her damn life. Oh, never, never. <laughs> Leah also likes to spend money, so Leah probably just... I bet Leah has, like, a thousand makeup brushes. New brushes. Oh, my God. I bet. The expensive ones, too. Like... Bitch watches a YouTube tutorial and then buys everything that person uses in it. <laughs> she probably has so many Sephora points. Can you imagine? So many. So many. <sighs> uh, Gracie and Addie are going to ride the bus together. And Allie goes on her own bus. And I think that's, like, been going on since they go to school. Because Allie gets on, like, the bus with the aide. Right. And Jeremy doesn't come, but his mom comes. And Addie looks just like her grandmother. It was so funny to see them, like, looking at each other, like... Twins. 
So, so cute. I loved Grandma's Hamsa t-shirt, if you guys noticed it. <laughs> just what a... God, these people are just so... I mean, I know that they would probably call me the N-word behind my back, but, like, I while mean, we have the separation face. of TV, yeah, probably. Like, after four cocktails, hopeful. you know? <laughs> or two. Um, but while we have the separation of the television, I just find them to be absolutely delightful. Yeah. Well, remember when, last season when Leah was going to take them to Mexico because she, like, realized how far Hawaii was? Like, um, she was like, Hawaii's really far. And then Jeremy and his dad are like, Mexico? No. <laughs> and I was like, oh, put your Trump hat on before you have this conversation. Jesus. Yeah, really. <laughs> Fix your heads there. Um, but yeah, her, just... the grandma was funny. Like, she was laughing. She seemed to get along well with Leah. I thought it was a really nice effort for it. Like, I don't know. Like, my grandmother was pretty involved. I, I can't get into my family drama. But my grandmother was pretty involved. But she wasn't at, like, my bus stop for the first day of school involved. Right. But how so, much do you think Jeremy is really watching Addie? Oh, none. None. Unless he, like, takes her to Brooke, where Brooks watches her. Yeah. But like, I still thought it was nice different. that she was there. Like, she obviously put in an effort to, like, come to the bus stop and pick up the slack for Jeremy. Yeah, definitely. Oh, God. She probably still does Jeremy's laundry, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Because <sighs> I'd yeah. imagine he comes home from the site. He probably, like has a bunch of clothes you know like he probably has like 40 pairs of boxers and then like 20 pairs of pants and he just like goes through them when he's on the site how often do you think that he yells at her for like washing out the gemstones on his true legend jeans (laughs) i don't know i feel like jeremy's not a yeller like that Mm. i feel like he really loves his true legend jeans yeah he he does and his affliction shirts (laughs) Get Jeremy yeah. and John Goslin together, you know? Let or them don't. like let their freak flags fly together. <laughs> I would love to see that God just drinking PBRs and just like talking about chicks. Ugh, just grunting. That I'll save that for my Gosling podcast. Please, you and Princess, I'm all for it. I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Um, uh I think I would have to kill myself, though, if I had to recap Kate plus eight for <laughs> show. Ugh, don't. Let's not get started. So, I, Leah, like, I just, I wrote down Leah's being very calm about Jeremy missing this. Like, two seasons ago, she would have, like, drone, drone, driven to South Dakota or wherever the fuck he was and, like, took a baseball bat to the camper with Oreo <laughs> in the car for missing this. <laughs> Uh, but do you think that she took, like, half a Xanax? Yeah, for sure. Because she seemed, like, very, she seemed very subdued to the whole situation. Like, I expected her to start crying, and she was, like, kind of squeezing out a tear. But you tell that she really couldn't make it. Yeah, very, very, very subdued. For sure. For sure. And then when, sure. when she and Oreo went to pick the girls up, the girls, excuse me, the girls up, and... 
she was like, oh, I just cried so hard the whole time at home. Like, bitch, you had three more Zany bars. Yeah. You ate some Swiss rolls and you passed out. God, I could go for a Swiss roll right now. Right? (laughs) I, there's nothing I love more than like one box, you know, like those shitty like school lunch desserts. Oh, Cosmic yeah. brownies, always, Swiss bars, yeah. like those cookies. I was the nutty buddy girl. Yes. And they're oh. like a dollar fifty for the whole box of them because they're just garbage. Yum. Garb. I bad. love processed food. <laughs> hard, hard agree, girl. Give I'm me with... chemicals or give me death. <laughs> like take a huge sip of Diet Coke, like. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> my life's blood <laughs> um so grace she picks all the girls up from school and i did notice that there was no wheelchair like Allie got off the bus and into the car and they didn't put That's... the wheelchair on the back of the car so i guess Allie doesn't even bring her wheelchair to school anymore that's what i was wondering she carried her basically to and from the bus and there was no mention of the thing wasn't that half the point of her having an aid is have somebody to like hang out with her with the wheelchair yeah i i think i've said this before i just i don't understand how the school is taking on the liability of letting Allie walk around what if she fall like what if her legs give out and she smashes her head like in the cafeteria and cracks her head is that not on the school liability wise it's gotta be i because they're not making that aid like carry her around like that no. would be crazy i it just I work in my office. There's a personal injury attorney, and like I, so I think a lot in liability terms. And I just, I can't imagine. I mean, I'm sure the school is stairs. You know, like what if she walks up a stair? I don't know. It just seems. It seems like the school is taking on a lot. Do they let her get on the monkey bars? Like, do they let her play out at the playground? It just, it's dangerous. Right. Like, I wonder what the plan is for that. Like, I don't know. So confusing and Leah me. needs to get a goddamn wheelchair car. She really, really does. They need she to figure to that out. She needs to get a big wheelchair van. Ugh. They make she minivans. You know? Yeah, like, she gets a new car, like, every three months. So, I, okay. yeah. Is it just me, or has Leah driven a different car every single episode this season? Basically. I feel like she's always in a new car. I, she has new cars, like, she has probably triple the amount of cars that Janelle has. Like, she is constantly driving a different car. Yeah. And this one didn't, the one she was in, that she picked the girls up for school, didn't have the big wheelchair hitch on the back of it. Yeah. Does that thing come on and off? I mean, I don't know why you would need it to if you were regularly using it, which she should be. Yeah. Really, I mean, she like they make like sleek looking minivans that are wheelchair accessible these days. Yeah, you know, they have to get like a huge fucking van. It's crazy. And you said that they were at Halloween, and she wasn't in a wheelchair too, right? Yep, she walked for trick or treating. Oh my god, her poor little legs. These people. So, Addie said she had fun at school because she got to sing and play and nap. Which is so cute. <laughs> totally fair. Those are great this reasons. Seems like a good day to me. 
<laughs> and then they're all in the car, and Addie, like, snitches on Gracie. And she's like, Gracie said oh, a bad God. word. And <laughs> Gracie said bullshit. Oh, my God. So funny. Yeah. And Leah gives her, like, don't tattle on your sister. You guys need to keep each other's secrets. It was just cute and funny. And then <laughs> Gracie said this fucking hilarious line. It just, I, like, I just think Gracie's, like, the funniest fucking kid. And she said, school's fun, I just now realized. <laughs> you need something to do. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> uh, it was just so funny. Like, she just, like, it just struck her eight-year-old head that, like, she's school's fun. She, I'm loving all these years before she eventually gets arrested for grand larceny. They're just, like, beautiful years. Gracie is either going to be the president of the United States or, like, a cult leader. (laughs) And I'm here for both of those options. Oh, I'm so here for both of those options. I'll join Grace's cult. (laughs) We might already be in it, to be fair. Carrie, they say you never never know you're joining a cult until it's too late. So, you know what? We might already be in it. (laughs) I'm I'm down. I'm so down. And then they're eating dinner, and Leah's like, we've all overcome a lot of challenges this year. Remember, Allie, with your breathing? And Gracie, you were acting. I was like, oh, my God. Leah, we get it. You can talk about (laughs) feelings now. Really? Like, do we have to end all of your segments, like, step by step? Like, we get it, girl. Do you think in the off-season, Leah, watch a lot of, like, Full House? Oh, and she's like, I like God. it when they talk about what they've overcome. <laughs> I like that, Danny. He's really insightful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am like, on one hand, it's like, I mean, it's great that she's like, and I've said this over and over on the pod, her ability to talk about her feelings and the girl's feelings has been like extremely impressive to me, especially considering Leah in the past. But that at the table just seemed like a little too, this is the season finale, and I know this is MTV's last day of filming for the season, and I'm pushing this too hard. Well, yeah, because she actually made, like, a hot meal, like an <laughs> yeah. actual complete meal for one. I noticed it looked like they had salad in a salad bowl, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> sure, was Leah. very, very, very after-school special. It's so funny. She's a motivational speaker now. We really should give her a little bit more respect. How much do you think I would have to pay her to come on this podcast and motivate Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. If I could get one person from this whole show to come on the podcast, it would be Leah motivationally speaking or Gracie. (laughs) What if I I could just interview Grace? (laughs) I would die. That would be... That's a special moment in my life. So special. I would love that. So, yeah, (laughs) Leah had, I mean, a fantastic season. And I really, truly believe that a big part of that is MTV and their editing. Because people love when Leah's doing well. For sure. And she was definitely high this season. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think she just figured out like I don't know maybe her sister or somebody figured out that if she looked better people won't be so tough on her and I just really do believe MTV was like 
just they just know the audience likes it better when Leah's doing well. And with Kale like kind of going on the decline, they need Leah on the incline. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like they can't have every mom on the series being like a piece of shit. Totally. Totally. Totally right. So oh Yeah, cute season, Leah. I'm proud of you. You you did good, kid. Two claps for you. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Make sure you listen to Kara on her Kardashian slash Jenner podcast, Realizing Things with Ryan and Kara. And you can find Kara on Twitter at Kara B Tweets. And that's Kara with a K. Thanks so much. Love you guys. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.